the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM one hundred seven point five. K two ninety eight CO, Minneapolis. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. President Biden meeting in private with the families of the 13 U.S. troops killed in that attack in Afghanistan as the remains of their loved ones returned home. Biden and the First Lady also had attended the uh, dignified transfer of the fallen troops at Dover Air Force Base in Delaware. U.S. officials say another drone strike has blown up a vehicle carrying multiple suicide bombers from Afghanistan's Islamic State affiliate, uh, near the International Airport in Kabul. That strike coming two days before the U.S. is set to conclude the massive airlift and withdraw. Hurricane Ida coming ashore in Louisiana, the eye of one of the most powerful storms ever to hit the U.S., arriving near the barrier island of Grand Isle with winds up to 150 miles per hour. This is SRN News. This is AM 1280, The Patriot. Celebrating 20 years on air. Brad Carlson here. Happy 20th anniversary, AM 1280 The Patriot. Hey, it's Mitch Berg from the Northern Alliance Radio Network. I'm proud and thankful to be on the air because it's easy to feel like you're all alone as a conservative in a place like the Twin Cities. I just want you to know you're not. Catch the Northern Alliance Radio Network live every Saturday and Sunday from 1 to 3. Level-headed, informative, intelligent conversation about critical race theory? You'll find it on our podcast page. Plus, what you can do to get your kids the truth. Listen in and share with a friend or family member. Just visit our podcast page at am1280thepatriot.com and click the CRT report card. Your forecast for today, we're looking at sunny and a high of 77. Tomorrow, sunny and a high of 78. Now, here is Hour 2 of The Narn with The Closer, Brad Carlson. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast we like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. That's hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, feel free to do so. Just go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and give us a follow. And we do also have a live stream of the broadcast up and going right now. Feel free to leave a comment or a question in that comment section as well. And, again, we appreciate uh, Wild Wilson and Tim Christopher, who have uh, both let uh, left comments up to this point. Thanks, gentlemen, and appreciate everyone tuning in to the broadcast today. Uh, obviously, the big national news story from this past week has to do with the harrowing situation in Afghanistan where uh, 13 U.S. military members lost their lives uh, at the hands of a suicide bomber this past week near the uh, Kabul airport. It has been an absolute debacle trying to get Americans as well as American allies uh, out of Afghanistan by, um, we think, is an August 31st deadline. Again, the message from the administration, very disjointed. And here to uh, talk about it and break it down a little bit is a, a friend of the broadcast, John Gabriel. He, the editor-in-chief at ricochet.com and uh, also has a weekly podcast which you can find on any of your favorite uh, podcast uh, platforms 
It's called The King of Stuff. Again, that is The uh, King of Stuff, which I uh, listened to religiously for the uh, past several months. So uh, joining us here on the broadcast right now is the aforementioned undisputed King of Stuff, John Gabriel. Uh, John, always good to have you on the broadcast, sir. How are you? Uh, doing great, Brad. How about you? Uh, I'm doing good, thanks. Uh, obviously, uh, given the heroin situation in Afghanistan, mood uh, tempered a little bit, as you could uh, possibly expect, John. And I know that you have uh, were talking about this uh, even before the awful casualties that took place earlier this week in a piece you wrote at the uh, Arizona Republic. I guess let's start from the beginning. It seemed as though... Uh, the Biden administration tried to spin this as, look, OK, we've been in this war for 20 years. It was well past time to draw down our operations and pull out. And they were almost presenting it as if uh, the dissenters were disagreeing with that notion, which uh, John Gabriel, I'm sure you would probably concur. Majority of Americans were probably ready to move on after 20 years. It was just the way it was handled that was seen to be a complete disaster from the outset. Yeah, it was a really cynical plan that they had. And what was strange, too, is it seems like they were treating this as like a temporary news cycle, you know, like the 24-hour news cycle that's mm-hmm. just going to roll on by and everybody will move on to the next thing instead of a rolling disaster that was going to keep getting worse. And I, I think most observers um saw that when uh, Kabul fell and even before it fell. People just knew the story would continue to get worse and worse. And uh, for the White House just to kind of uh, skirt the issue and say, well, you know, we we really wanted uh, you you wanted us to leave. So we uh, did it this way. I kind of Mm -hmm. compared it to um, Sam at a dinner party with the missus. And uh, she's like, "Okay, I want to get out of here. And so I deck the host and, I don't know, flip over the tables, and they throw us out a back window. And I said, well, you know, you you can't be mad at me, honey. You wanted to leave. It's like, yeah, we could have just used the front door. We could have done a good plan. And uh, that's the frustration among the American people is we just – it seems like uh, there wasn't any plan to leave. And they still continue to be just kind of making it up as they go, it seems. It's really amazing to watch. So I guess what would have been, from your estimation, I've heard a couple different perspectives, some of the more opportune times to leave. Uh, you know, our, our friend who we both follow on, on Twitter and social media platforms, Eric Erickson, he had written a piece indicating that, look, an opportune time would have maybe to you know, pull out in May when the uh, Taliban was otherwise occupied uh, you know, out in the planting fields with their because you know, they're obviously big into the, uh, the opium business. And so they were otherwise occupied there. Other another time would be you know later, uh, say later in the year, say November time frame, because uh, you know that area of Afghanistan does have a tendency to get a little inclement, where they're going to seek kind of a warmer climate. But it, it, if the Biden administration was trying to utilize the optics of look the 20th anniversary of 9/11 terrorist attacks, and look at that, we're out of Afghanistan. Um, there, there, there needs to be people fired, John Gabriel. Oh, yeah. And the fact, I think one of the more depressing things about it is nobody has just willingly resigned. Yeah, Uh, There used to be a thing called honor and duty, and we aren't seeing that in any of our governmental institutions, you know, even, you know, especially the military. Um, It it used to be about honor and duty, and now it's just like a, a big CYA, you know, intel blaming the military, military blaming Intel, uh, State Department blaming other people, the White House blaming other people. It's just really amazing to watch that as this disaster unfolds, um, they just continue blaming each other instead of saying, hey, why don't we all work together and fix the situation or at least mitigate the damage that we've created. Instead, it's just, let's spin this news uh, so we can win the news cycle for the next 12 hours or something. It's like, guys, focus on rescuing Americans and then after that, get out any ally you can. But uh, they seem far more interested in just, I don't know, winning Twitter wars or something like that instead of uh, facing reality. I, I, we, I know we shouldn't laud this because, it, after all, it is their job. But uh, what has normally been an administration-friendly media has even <laughs> turned on the uh, on the Biden administration. I know, uh, I think it was CBS News has come come out and flat out said this was the 
worst day of the uh, of the Biden presidency, which again I, I I guess isn't a very high bar, but nevertheless uh, they they came out okay. and said it. I know. Clarissa Ward of CNN, who I think was doing phenomenal work embedding herself in that situation when, let's be honest, it's not safe to be a woman in that country, and saying, look, if they, if they had a plan, it, it couldn't have been executed worse. So the fact that the media has come out and called it, called them out on this, and we're lauding the media for doing that, uh, kind of tells you where the state of our media is today, John Gabriel, when we're lauding them for pointing out the obvious here. Yeah, yeah, they're actually critical of a Democratic president. It, <laughs> that's another thing. Yeah, this should not be a, a shocking turn of events to see journalists holding power accountable, but these days it really seems to be. Um, it, I, I think one explanation for this as well is um, it goes beyond partisanship because you have a lot of reporters who were in country and had to work with translators, and it, it's beyond partisanship because it's personal for a lot of these people. Sure. Uh, they know people that they interviewed there, and there's enough prominent voices over 20 years who have been there, even if it's something where they're just you know, flying in to look like, look, I'm on the ground, I'm a tough journalist, and they immediately fly back to Manhattan. Um, they still needed coordination from people on the ground there. These people know people who are trapped behind enemy lines, and so it's more of a personal thing. Um, the fact that these people are just it's just dawning on them that Biden isn't a, a genius when it comes to foreign policy uh, is pretty remarkable. Um, anybody who's watched this goofball for you know, the right. 50 years he's been in office, um, he can't help but make a wrong decision when it comes to foreign policy. And uh, nevertheless, they insisted that he would be some kind of a perfect president who would uh, bring America back. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because it, it seemed like you know, for uh, wanting to eject Trump uh, in 2020, the 2020 elections, the one thing they said, you know, Biden was kind of the safe pick. You know, he'll bring compassionate and empathetic leadership and also some uh, basic competence to the job. So the very things that he was elected to do uh, seems to be in short supply at this point. So as much as we laud the media for actually calling him out when they've been hesitant to do in prior times. They shouldn't give a whole lot of credit because, in a way, you could argue they're complicit because when he was calling a lid practically every other day by late morning during the campaign, we we, we didn't look at that as anything that was abnormal when it was very much abnormal, John Gabriel. Yeah, yeah, it's just really amazing to uh, watch the coverage of this and how the press thinks they're going to escape some blame for this, uh, because really, as I've been saying since the beginning of this, this is a rolling disaster, and it's going to get worse. Um, you know, it, it's awful to think about, but who knows how many Americans are stuck in country that we're going to find out about later, and uh, the horrible visuals and reality of Taliban taking over. Um, it, it's just going to continue to be bad news for people. And it's not like Biden's going to get more competent or more on the ball. Um, you, you know, there's a horrible situation going on, and he just disappears for days at a time. And we're supposed to look at this as somehow normal. It's it's completely abnormal. And for a long time, since the start of the Biden administration, a lot of us have wondered, well, who's actually who's actually running things day to day? And now I'm looking at it and going, I don't think anybody is because everybody's just blaming the other person next to them. Um, so it's really concerning, and I don't think it's going to get a lot better, unfortunately, until he's really out and a lot of people step down. And don't you think that I, I, I think that political correctness and the wokeness I certainly think plays a part in how this administration was formed. I mean, we alluded to the fact, you know, uh, Biden's. Uh, I mean, his the benefits of a Biden presidency, again, you get more compassion and empathy and, and competence, which, again, we haven't seen a lot of. But then also, uh, Biden himself, when he became the nominee, it, official nominee in 2020, it indicated that his running mate was going to be a woman of color. And so the identity politics seem to take uh, kind of priority over basic competence and political skills, which uh, polls are showing his vice president, Kamala Harris, doesn't seem to have John Gabriel. Oh, boy. Yeah, she's um, incredibly unpopular vice president. And um, 
it's just based on almost like a perceived incompetence. She's never really accomplished anything major other than ending up in offices that she isn't really qualified for. And when they give her a high-profile um, duty, you know, I don't know, a real leader, if given the border, would okay, let's jump on this, let's visit the border, let's meet with local leaders, let's uh, go to foreign governments. Instead, she hid from it for a long time, um, avoided the border completely, and then just kind of meekly went to um, various places south of the border, just saying, oh, please stop coming. This is really bad for us right now. You can come later, but not right now. And people are just like, what are you doing? You know, if she was a leader, she would want to jump on that and uh, figure out how to turn it around. Instead, she's just hid from it. And this is Afghanistan debacle happens. She flies to Saigon, well, not Saigon exactly, but to Hanoi. Yeah. It's just like, really, do you guys think this through, that uh, she's giving speeches in Vietnam as we're watching the fall of Kabul? It's kind of breathtakingly bad instincts. Yeah, obviously we can sit here and, and we could be critical of uh, of, of how this was uh, forces were being drawn down and how we were leaving the country. But ultimately, uh, you know, there are still Americans as well as uh, allies that we're wanting, going to want to get out of there and, and, and back to our country. Ultimately, John, how do you see this Resolving itself. I guess another question would be, what's the best way to to get people out? I mean, do we have to draw forces back up again and rout the Taliban like happened back in 2001? I mean, uh, I just don't see how an August 31st deadline is is going to be realistic in getting the remainder of our Americans out of there. No, it really isn't. And um, the Biden administration has really put itself in a bad way here because Basically, it's a matter of will, um, and I think a modest show of force um, would get the Taliban to back down for a week or two, a month, until we get all our people out. But it just seems like the Biden administration will not implement that will. You could just say, look, we are not leaving until every American's out. You can either fight us on this or you can uh, help us achieve this, but we're going to stay until every American is out. Instead, the administration has just been kind of passing the blame to the Americans. Well, they must want to stay. It's kind of their fault that they didn't leave, you know, a couple of months ago. And um, everything that the Biden administration is telegraphing to the Taliban is, look, we really want to get out of here. We don't care if we get our people out. And uh, that kind of weakness is, has just made the situation much worse than it needs to be. Um, if we just had the resolve as a nation saying, no, we will not leave until every American's out, and uh, we, we know that people have gone across the barbed wire, as it were, to rescue a lot of Americans, usually without governmental permission to do so, um, we know it's possible if, if we have the will to do that. Once again, we are joined by John Gabriel. He, the editor-in-chief of Ricochet. Check out their fine work, ricochet.com, and of course is the host of the King of uh, Stuff podcast, which you can find on uh, many of your favorite uh, podcast streams. Uh, John, we only have about a minute or two remaining. Uh, anything you can tell us about any uh, upcoming podcast guests? Like I've been telling my listeners, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed all of your podcasts over the last uh, several months, the the guests, uh, the non-guest segments, uh, what have you. Uh, any uh, any teasers, any uh, big names that you could tell us that will be appearing on the King of Stuff anytime soon? Um, I try to keep that secret. Um, Fair and- enough. Fair enough. So, so we will see. Uh, the past couple of weeks we've been talking a lot about Afghanistan. Sure. Um, but now we're going to have to be talking a lot about, okay, where the heck are we as a country and where we move forward? Because it just seems like, um, and I guess we're having on uh, this week coming up, um, it just seems like a situation where, okay, the entire American project is foundering right now, and how do we get it back, honor the Constitution, and uh, get back on a path when it seems like the vast majority of our institutions are really seriously broken. And uh, we really need leaders who understand that situation and say, okay, we really need to overhaul a lot of fundamental things that we're doing in D.C. and beyond. So I guess the short answer is be sure to tune into the King of Stuff podcast every week. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) That's good. That would be great. Once again, uh, John Gabriel, again, the editor-in-chief at uh, Ricochet. Again, check it out, ricochet.com. John, always appreciate the time. Always appreciate the insights. Uh, Thanks so much, and have a great rest of your weekend, sir. Appreciate it. You too. Always to be great on with you, Brad. Thank you.
1280 The Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. My company is the only one of its kind that provides you with bids on home improvement projects from multiple contractors after one short meeting with me. Hi, it's Ryan with my three quotes. Patriot listeners have been contacting me to find out all the projects I can help them handle. Let's start with doors and windows. Whether you're looking at big brands like Marvin, Anderson, Pella, or local vinyl brands, I can get you the best prices and installers to take care of your needs. And I can't stress how many people have saved thousands of dollars from previous bids they got. Then there's siding. Whether it's James Hardy, LP Smart Side, Steel, or Vinyl, I can help you design and get the best value in beautifying the exterior of your home. Soffit, fascia, and gutters can also accent any siding project. For roofing, I work with all the major brands of asphalt shingles, and yes, I'm happy to get you quotes on any approved storm damage. For the easiest way to get the most competitive bids with one simple meeting with me, visit GetMyThreeQuotes.com to set an appointment. That's the number three, GetMyThreeQuotes.com. Dinesh D'Souza can teach you a thing or two. They're just chanting death to America, but they seem friendly at the same time. Where have we heard that before? Well, the first time I really heard it was during the hostage crisis. Remember? Uh, Jimmy Carter, uh, in which this superpower, America, is just being humiliated day after day after day. Well, those days are here again. The Dinesh D'Souza Podcast. Available on SalemPodcastNetwork.com and everywhere podcasts are heard. Brighten someone's day with a free e-card from the largest online Christian greeting card site, CrossCards.com. There's one for every occasion, birthdays, holidays, or just to let someone know you care. CrossCards.com is a division of Salem Media Group. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed, and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is, satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill. 800-430-8761. 800-430-8761. That's 800-430-8761. Welcome back. AM1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag Narn Show. Hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. I got This will be a little short segment. Ran a little long with that first segment with uh, John Gabriel, but that's okay. Always enjoy talking to John. Always appreciate his insights. And again, I can't uh, encourage you enough to check out his podcast called The King of Stuff. Uh, it's on your favorite uh, podcast uh, platforms. I listen to it on Spotify personally. Always a uh, very good podcast, John. Again, very insightful. Always has top-notch guests. Tried to get him to tease some guests that may be coming up, but again, he kind of keeps that under wraps. So, uh, and and uh, understandably so, because then uh, you know, why else would you uh, tune in? Why else would you tune in right away if you knew uh, who the guest was? Uh, so, again, definitely check it out on your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, well, Governor Andrew Cuomo, uh, he gone. Uh, it was uh, as of Tuesday evening. His Resignation became effective as governor of New York. Uh, Kathy, I, I believe it's pronounced Hochul, Kathy Hochul. Uh, Lieutenant, she is now the uh, interim governor uh, taking over. Uh, the one thing that we always railed on with Governor Cuomo is how he was getting this undue adulation for his daily uh, 
COVID briefings. And again, this was all part of a coordinated effort to be an antithesis of Trump because Donald Trump at the beginning of the pandemic, excuse me, he was always stepping on the toes of his committee that he created, uh, his task force to combat COVID. And he uh, tasked his vice president, Mike Pence, to head up the COVID task force. And as harrowing a situation as COVID was initially, because we really don't didn't know what we were getting into, and obviously Americans were very concerned, some even scared, and rightfully so, given what this virus could do, uh, I felt very good about Mike Pence heading up the task force. And it's like, okay, all the president has to do is step aside, you know, let Mike Pence run these daily briefings. You know, Mike Pence is a voice of reason, voice of calm, and, you know, he'll just lay it out there. And Donald Trump is not that way. And yet he inserted himself in those daily COVID briefings. And it was it ended up being such a disaster that it got to the point, okay, we're not going to do daily briefings uh, anymore. Well, Andrew Cuomo was doing daily briefings as governor of New York, and New York was the pretty much was the hot spot from day one for COVID. And because he was using these fancy little PowerPoint presentations and all is well, and he got a book deal on showing exemplary leadership during a crisis, and because of his daily press briefings, he received an Emmy Award. Uh, it was the 2020 International Emmy Award uh, for his daily uh, briefings. Well, in actuality, it it learned, it was ascertained that, yeah, you know, the uh, nursing home policy where we're going to put COVID-infected patients into nursing homes to save ICU space, you know, because people who have COVID, a lot of them may be asymptomatic or have mild symptoms. So we don't want to put them in a hospital. We want to reserve the hospital beds for the more serious cases as well as the ICU. So let's put these people in long-term care facilities. Well, the problem is, and this was known from day one, is that vulnerable immunocompromised patients and elderly patients, they're uh, a little more susceptible to the virus, okay? And as a result, that caused a lot of deaths in nursing homes. And so uh, that was all part of the scandal And it's like, why is this guy being held up as a possible presidential candidate? He's obviously a complete fraud. And that was learned as time went on. And kudos to Janice Dean, Fox News meteorologist who lost her in-laws. Both uh, passed away from complications of COVID. They were living in long-term care facilities. And she has been on a year-long crusade to expose this guy as a fraud. And finally, uh, a lot of the allegations of sexual harassment came out. And the governor ended up resigning in disgrace. And here's a um, the uh, here is a note from the International Academy that gave him his Emmy Award. The International Academy announced that in light of the New York Attorney General's report and Andrew Cuomo's subsequent resignation as governor, it is rescinding his special 2020 International Emmy Award. His name and any reference to his receiving the award will be eliminated from International Academy materials going forward. Uh, I wonder what all these celebrities who basically were drooling over this guy, what they have to say. I played a sound clip within the last week or two of when Andrew Cuomo received his Emmy Award. He was getting accolades from the likes of Robert De Niro, Billy Crystal, Billy Joel, Ben Stiller, Rosie Perez, Spike Lee, all these prominent New York uh, celebrities. Did I say Robert De Niro? I think I said Robert De Niro at the outset. Anyways, all these prominent celebrities from New York were heaping praise among him, you know, being the, uh, you know, giving us a refreshing change from what we saw that disastrous Trump administration. And far be it for me to defend, you know, Trump's disjointed press conferences during COVID. But this idea that this guy was held up in high esteem when it was very obvious he was fabricating numbers. Oh, yeah, about that. Uh, Lieutenant Go- now interim Go- New York Governor Kathy Hochul. This is from Political.com. Governor Kathy Hochul, in one of her first acts as the leader of New York, overhauled how the state releases COVID-19 death data to ensure that it is more consistent with federal reporting standards, an issue that dogged former Governor Cuomo and his administration and sparked allegations of a cover-up. The Hochul administration's first COVID-19 update released Tuesday recognized an additional 12 thousand covid deaths that had previously excluded from the state's official tally it showed both the deaths 
that healthcare facilities reported through the state's health electronic response data system, a total of 43,415, as well as those reported to and compiled by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, a total of 55,395. Not to mention how he woefully undercounted nursing home deaths to kind of cover up the uh, disastrous nursing home policy that he implemented, that those who contracted COVID in the nursing homes and were transferred to hospitals and died in the hospitals, he didn't count as nursing home deaths, despite the fact they contracted the virus in the nursing home. So um, good riddance to that fraud. Uh, How he'll ever get another job in public life, I don't know. But again, this is politics. Anything is possible, sad to say. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also use hashtag NarnShow on Twitter for any comments or questions. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. My community means everything to me. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from, and as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The training and leadership skills I get from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people and look out for my community. If you'd like to learn how you, too, can serve part-time in the community you love, visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Meet Tim. Hey, what's up? He's the person you hired for your digital marketing strategy. And when he's done battling aliens on his PS5 in his parents' basement, I'm sure he'll get right to work. Now, meet the team at Salem Surround. What's up? Over 200 digital media strategists with all the current digital tools, resources, and training bringing your business the real results you need. These are the people who are passionate about your marketing success and will work 24-7 to deliver customers to you and your business. So, Tim. Yes, level 12. I'm going to be here all night. Or the team at Salem Surround. Why trust your digital marketing to one person when you can hire a whole team? nationwide exposure experience and expertise let our team of experts focus on your digital marketing strategy so you can focus on your business it's an easy decision to learn more about salem surround call 651-289-4418 651-289-4418 with protection for your motorcycle boat and rv your progressive policy works the way it's supposed to unlike this indecisive sports talk host all right welcome to the big shark show hey Big Shark, any predictions for the game tonight? Well, if you ask me, they are definitely going to win big, but I also think there's a chance they don't win. It's just my gut that they will, or they won't, but I do have a hunch that whatever happens, we will definitely know when it does. Wait, so... Either way, they always seem to come up with a big play, or sometimes just a smaller one. Switch to Progressive today. Bottom line, they're going to win. Or lose. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hi, John Wichko here, owner of Advantage Auto Glass. I'd like to talk local, Minnesota local. I was born and raised right here in Rosemont and have spent my entire life in Minnesota. I'm proud that we're a local family-owned company. It really frosts me when national glass companies based in other states and owned by a foreign conglomerate try to say they're local. Advantage Auto Glass has been local, Minnesota local for over 20 years. We'll replace your windshield with only the highest quality parts and adhesives and we'll fix your chipped or cracked windshield right the first time. Advantage Auto Glass has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and we're a preferred shop for all major insurance companies. If you call your agent or claims line first, make sure to tell them you want to work with Advantage Auto Glass, your real local, Minnesota local installer, and no one else. Or you can schedule your appointment on our website at ReplaceMyWindshield.com. That's ReplaceMyWindshield.com. Hey, welcome back. AM 12 the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. And don't forget, we are also live streaming the broadcast. Just go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and uh, be sure to follow along in the live stream. And if you haven't liked or followed our Facebook page yet, why the heck not? Uh, be sure to do so uh, if you go there as well and you haven't followed or liked, that is. Uh, kind of left off with some COVID talk at the end of the last segment. I want to pick up uh, on a little bit more a couple of storylines. Uh, Alapundit at Hot Air 
had a uh, interesting piece about a large Israeli study which showed natural immunity provides 13 times more protection against Delta than Pfizer's vaccine does. Now, against the initial strain of the uh, coronavirus, it was pretty much driven into the ground uh, because the majority of adults were vaccinated. But now that this Delta variant has come along, it has shown that uh, those who have been vaccinated can experience breakthrough cases. But the prevailing data shows that those who are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, but acquire the Delta variant, uh, their symptoms are typically mild. All right. The the vast majority of hospitals are showing that covid patients, the overwhelming majority occupying hospital beds, covid patients, that is, are unvaccinated. And the overwhelming, even a higher majority in the ICU are unvaccinated and deaths are almost 100 percent unvaccinated. So. The message is pretty clear. The The vaccine is an effective deterrent. OK, again, there are still instances of breakthrough cases. And like a lot of vaccines, the efficacy is going to wear is going to wane with time. I mean, that's just that that's pretty typical. And that's why they're talking about booster shots. But this is um, this is potentially good news for those who have had covid and have survived it. And again, this is from all Pundit's piece at Hot Air. A big news from Maccabi Health Care Services, which tracked many thousands of people for this not-yet-peer-reviewed study. If its findings are borne out, anyone who's had COVID should be allowed to submit the results of a prior positive test in lieu of proof of vaccination wherever that's required. After all, they're much safer from the virus than the vaccinated are. Israeli scientists compared three groups— those who have had both shots but never been infected, those who've been infected but haven't had their shots, and those who've been infected and then had one shot. The third group was the most protected, but only slightly more than the natural immunity group was. That corresponds with other studies showing that infection plus vaccination equals the best possible immunity. The surprise came when they compared the vaccinated group to the infected but unvaccinated group. Some scientists have speculated that vaccine immunity is actually superior to natural immunity in the belief that the shots produce a more diverse array of antibodies than infection does. That's not what the Israelis found. Not only is natural immunity superior, it's no contest, especially in the age of Delta. And again, I'll read... um from another hot air piece, kind of breaking it down a little bit. In Model 1, we matched 16,215 persons in each group. Overall, demographic characteristics were similar between the groups, with some difference in their comorbidity file. During the follow-up period, 257 cases of SARS-CoV-2 infection were recorded, of which 238 appear occurred in the vaccinated group, breakthrough infections, and 19 in the previously infected group, which is reinfections. After adjusting for comorbidities, we found a a statistically significant, try saying that 10 times fast, statistically significant 13.06-fold increased risk for breakthrough infections as opposed to reinfection. Apart from approximately 60, uh, uh, over 60 years, There was no statistical evidence that any of these assessed comorbidities significantly affected the risk of an infection during the follow-up period. As for symptomatic SARS-CoV-2 infections during the follow-up period, 199 cases were recorded, 191 of which were in the vaccinated group and 8 in the previously infected group. Symptoms for all analyses were recorded in the central database within five days of the positive uh, retransmission PCR tests for 90% of the patients and included chiefly fever, cough, breathing difficulties, diarrhea, loss of taste or smell, myalgia, weakness, headache, and sore throat. After adjusting for comorbidities, we found a 27.02-fold risk for symptomatic breakthrough infection as opposed to symptomatic reinfection. None of the covariates were significant except for age greater than 60 years.
So if that's the case, then, okay, that's good news considering uh, the number of Americans that have actually contracted COVID and have survived. And the survival rate is, what, 98 99% in America? But the one thing I've always cautioned is, you know, people who were so dismissive and say, well, why should I be scared of something they have a 98% chance of surviving? Well, what you're not taking into account is COVID long haulers. I mean, I know a good number of COVID long haulers who are still experiencing issues, whether it's breathing difficulties, whether it's memory loss, you know, other issues, whether it's, you know, uh, weight gain, what have you, that could impact your long-term health. So my philosophy has always been, you know what, I, I never got COVID and I didn't want COVID. And I always took the necessary precautions to not catch it until the vaccination became available. When the vaccinations came out in late late 2020, early 2021, I said, okay, I'm 51 years old, almost 52 years old. I don't have any comorbidities. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm very healthy for my age. I'll give priority to those who have comorbidities, those who are more vulnerable, you know, including the elderly. I'll let them get the shots first. And once, you know, the demand kind of wanes a little bit where those who are most vulnerable uh, get the shot, then I'll go in and get my shot. And I got my first shot in mid-April, my second shot in mid-May, and I was fully vaccinated, having never gotten the virus. But now with the Delta variant out there, I realize there is a risk, however small, that I'll have a breakthrough case of COVID. But the overwhelming data shows that those who get the virus even after being fully vaccinated, you know, particularly the Delta variant, you're going, the symptoms are going to be very mild to the point where they're, you're, you're asymptomatic. So again, that's good news. But my point is, I don't want the virus, never wanted the virus. Okay. So while it's good news that, hey, those who have gotten the virus and have survived and have recovered and have made a full recovery, congratulations. I mean, you, you are, uh, Again, non-peer-reviewed study, can't emphasize that enough, that you're going to have more protection than if you were fully vaccinated. But again, I still don't think it's worth the risk of getting COVID just to say, hey, you know, having had COVID and get more natural immunity. Okay, don't go out there and actively try to catch it because this this virus is still still can be unpredictable. Okay, now I get that. People who are have those comorbidities, okay, that's going to affect them the worst if they get the virus. But if you're a normally health, normal, healthy person, I still don't think that's something you want to get out and catch. Okay, so uh, in a way, I can't help but think: is this going to is this unwittingly going to impact the demand for vaccinations? Because as we know, the demand for vaccinations, particularly in America, have kind of plateaued. And if people read about this, are they going to say, you know what, I'm going to take my chances. If I get the virus, you know, I'll, I'm a healthy person. I'll probably recover for it. And look at this. I have 13 times more immunity than someone who is fully vaccinated. Well, there's a couple of things that I would caution there. Number one, you don't know what kind of long-term issues you could have if you get the virus. And secondly, if you are carrying the virus and you are asymptomatic, Hey, kudos to you. You recover and you've got and the natural immunity is much more effective than a fully vaccinated person. But here's the problem. You still have other people out there vulnerable that have comorbidities that and there may be some people out there that aren't vaccinated. And the comeback to that is, well, the vaccine is readily available. And if you're not vaccinated, well, that's your fault. You're taking that risk. Yeah, but then it further compounds with more people who are unvaccinated, that's more people who are out there are vulnerable and they get this Delta variant and become incredibly sick and have to go to a hospital, guess what else happens? All of a sudden, there aren't hospital beds available. And this has kind of come full circle because this is kind of wreaking havoc, particularly in the South. Because if we heard about Hurricane Ida that's coming ashore in Louisiana that could potentially wreak as much havoc as say, the uh, as Hurricane Katrina back in 2005, uh, now all of a sudden, um, people aren't being able to get out of these hospitals down in that area. 
because they're filled up with COVID patients. And if they're filled up with COVID patients, guess guess what else happens? People who are in some, I don't know, develop a serious injury of some kind, that's less hospital beds available. So, you know, again, I still caution you not to go out and try to get COVID, but if you've had it, you know, this at least is good news if you fully recovered because it means you have more uh, natural immunity. So, uh, yeah, that's I'd kind of I kind of caution against that. But uh, we do have to uh, take a break here soon. But before we go to the break, I do want to get to our caller, uh, Pat from Minneapolis. Pat, we only have about a minute or two. Go ahead. You are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Yes. Hi. Thanks for taking the call. I just want to report that my son, he's this is in Colorado, and many people in his company there that have all been vaccinated as well as his family uh, have had breakthrough infections. Sure. Very, he was pretty sick for a long time, one person in the hospital in a coma, all vaccinated. I just want to say that um, it's important for those that are vaccinated, because I thought that too, get the vaccine, you're good to go. But they're still not out of the woods, so I'm you know, very concerned about that. Sure. Um, I know there are some good therapeutics out there, but I also wonder if you know, Brad, about any kinds of testing for those that have these antibodies. My daughter-in-law gave blood a while back, and they tested her blood before they were going to give it to someone, and they said, you test, um, you've got antibodies against COVID. This was before any testing or anything like that. They were testing her blood. Oh, wow. She never even had any symptoms. So my question is, maybe there's a lot of us walking around with these antibodies to COVID that we don't even know about. And what have you heard, if anything, about testing the blood to finding that out? Yeah, I appreciate the call, Pat. Uh, You know, I know of people who have just, you know, they've consulted their physician and their physician has given them the proper guidance on how to be uh, tested for them. And, um, you know, my uh, my colleague here in the Northern Alliance Radio Network, Mitch Berg, has talked openly about that, about how he had COVID uh, very early on. I think, uh, what did he say, back in April, May timeframe of uh, 2020, not 2021. And uh, as a result, you know, he, is, he had the antibodies and... Um, you know, was able to uh, donate blood with the antibodies and and help others. And in addition, Mitch is also uh, uh, fully vaccinated, so he's got the uh, uh, double protection on that. But um, he could probably answer that question better than I could. But from what I understand, uh, people, when they typically consult their physician, when they go for a routine exam, the physician can give you proper guidance on uh, how to get tested for them. And I go on from there. But that's a great question, Pat. And, uh, yeah, and kudos to your uh, uh, daughter for that, even though she unwitted, she didn't even know she had COVID. That can happen, too. So asymptomatic, you don't even know you have it. That is a pretty uh, pretty crazy thing that we're enduring, that is for certain. One final segment here, AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, back in mere moments. So go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the sculpture garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon, we're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term providers help thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic path 
pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com. Call 800-500-8384. Relieffactor.com. What does it mean to be a Christian woman in our current culture? How does your faith in Christ relate to the world around you? At times, being a Christian can seem like an overwhelming task in today's busy and challenging landscape. That's why you should visit iBelieve.com, a site designed for Christian women. Whether you're looking for insight, conversation starters for your church group, or just an uplifting message, you'll find it at iBelieve.com. Visit iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. Searching for ways to strengthen your daily walk? Visit Crosswalk.com. From devotionals to Christian living topics, movie reviews to marriage and financial articles, and so much more. The intersection of faith and life, Crosswalk.com. The division of Salem Media Group. Hey, welcome back. M1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. One final segment on the broadcast. Eh, we might have a time for a phone call. 651-289-4488. That's the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And appreciate those who have checked in on the Facebook live stream. If you go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Give us a follow and a like if you haven't done so already. And uh, the live stream has been up and going the entire broadcast, so appreciate uh, Wild Wilson and Reverend Tim Christopher, both of whom have commented in the chat room and many others who may have checked in a time or two. It's such a beautiful day out. I understand if you want to uh, absorb every last millisecond of summer as you can because it's a beautiful day. I I know when I get home, I'm going to have an early dinner and then get out and mow the lawn because with three, four days, consecutive days of rain, grass has gotten out of control. But it's a good problem to have because it was looking pretty sad (laughs) there for a while. But I do want to at least wrap up the broadcast talking about the landscape for Republicans in the 2022 midterms. Uh, You know, as we talked about many times on the show, the party opposite of a first-term president typically does very well in the midterms. And given that Joe Biden, president, is a Democrat, the Republicans already have a built-in advantage in the 2022 midterms. I mean, that's just how politics work, the the balance of power, shift in power, all that sort of thing. Because right now the Democrats have a small majority in the House. It's a 50-50 split in the Senate, but because Joe Biden, Democrat, is president, his vice president, Kamala Harris, would break any and all ties in the Senate. So the Democrats technically have the Senate, the majority in the Senate. Well, if the Republicans are to get back the majority in the Senate, obviously one of the races that we're going to have to keep an eye upon is Georgia because the Republicans inexplicably lost both uh, seats in Georgia in the January 2021 runoff elections because uh, the sitting president at the time, Donald Trump, uh, fostered uh, insecurity in the Georgia elections, and he fostered doubt. Basically, he'd go to campaign for the two Republican incumbent senators, David Perdue and Kelly Leffler, but then on the other side of his mouth is saying, well, you know, I had the election stolen from me. So, you know, there's a rampant election fraud. And then as a result, uh, tens of thousands of Republicans, tens of thousands of Republicans didn't show up on January 5th. And as a result, two Democrats uh, won Senate seats, uh, an absolute disgrace uh, by the president. And that's why I have concern about one of the Republican candidates jumping in the race. Uh For those of you Vikings fans out there, I'm going to apologize for saying this name out loud. Herschel Walker. Yeah, he is running to be the Republican candidate for U.S. Senate in Georgia. There's a few other Republicans as well, but this is from Eric Erickson's piece at Substack. Eric Erickson is a conservative commentator and lives in Georgia. So uh, there, in my opinion, there isn't many better voices to talk about Georgia politics than Eric Erickson. Uh, Herschel Walker is a legend in Georgia, or at least he was until he declared a partisan affiliation and tied himself to the man, Donald Trump, who lost Georgia to Joe Biden. And no, it wasn't stolen. 
Walker suffers from multiple personality disorder and has been open with his mental health issues. His opponents are guaranteed to try to provoke him. Additionally, he hasn't lived in Georgia in years as the Atlanta suburbs, voters, and demographics have changed. An icon of the early 80s from the University of Georgia, Walker is no un, Walker is unknown to a lot of Georgians. That said, if there's a wave for the GOP in 2022, Walker will probably not have to worry. There are plenty of signs the suburbs are swinging back to the GOP. Crime is rampant in the Atlanta area. The Afghanistan situation is hurting the Democrats. Raphael Warnock has refused to help on the matter. The insurance commissioner for Georgia, John King, is also a major general and has tried working with Warnock to get some people out of Afghanistan. Warnock refused to return his calls. Brian Kemp will be on the ballot, and Kelly Leffler will be pouring money in to help the GOP and has been building up an organization to counter Stacey Abrams' Fair Fight Georgia. The first sign of Leffler's organization's power, a special election in the Atlanta suburbs, showed she can make big swings for the GOP in swing districts. Walker has hired Kemp's press secretary to be his campaign spokeswoman. Walker can pull it off. He will have to exercise a level of discipline he hasn't had to exercise since the NFL. He is going to have a primary fight, but most think he can win it. Warnock is going to be tough. Walker has a lot of baggage, but Warnock ran over his wife. Uh, yeah, yeah, remember that whole debacle where uh, uh, Raphael Warnock's, uh, I think it was his ex-wife, alleged that he tried to run her down in the car? So the bottom line is uh, the the balance of power in the Senate is likely to go through Georgia and Arizona. I should have asked John Gabriel about this because he lives in Arizona. Uh, those are two seats that are typically red, uh, held by Democrat or Republican senators, Georgia and Arizona, that are both held by Democrats, and both will be up for election in 2022. So the Republic, Republicans have an opportunity to take take all of Congress. They uh, they only need to flip, I think. I think it's six seats. Um, if if my math is correct, uh, I, I think it's yeah, it's only no five seats. I think they only need to flip five seats in the House take over the house which look like it's going to happen and the senate like i said goes through um, uh, georgia and arizona so the republicans will have an advantage but my concern is trump amongst the republicans in georgia doesn't hold a lot of clout i mean he lost to, to joe biden whereas most other right of center candidates all other right of center candidates uh, republicans got more than 50% in the general election. Now, of course, that didn't extend to the runoff because Republicans didn't show up. But uh, we'll definitely keep an eye upon this. It's going to be great theater, if nothing else. That is for certain. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Folks, thanks as always for tuning in. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-860-4610. 800-860-4610. That's 800-860-4614. Hi, this is Al Malmberg inviting you to join us on the World of Aviation each Sunday morning at 10.05, right here on 1280 The Patriot, as we talk with those who have had incredible life stories in aviation, like Jessica Cox, who was born without arms, but went on to become a pilot and black belt in taekwondo, and Gordy Lewis, who began flying when most people are retiring. Gordy started flying at the age of 67. That's every Sunday at 10.05 a.m., right here on 1280 The Patriot. Hi, break time? I know you. I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. It seems like you take care of yourself. I do. I play tennis. I try to eat well. What about screening for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. Colon cancer is more treatable when it's caught in early stages. Tell me more. 
Cologuard is non-invasive and is used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit requestcologuard.com. I'm on it. Excellent. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Celebrating two decades on... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.